if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is. I don't know why I can't hear myself very clearly. There, it's a little bit better now. All right, sorry about that. Uh, yes, indeed it is. As I was saying, it is the Bob France Authority at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. We are underway on a Wednesday, the 10th morning, third month, year of our Lord, 2021. Coming up on the program, we are going to get local in a way that I have been asking people to get local. Uh, not that they're doing it because of me. I'm just very, very glad and gratified to see it. There have been a lot of fantastic local activists and organizations that have been being very active in school board meetings and in city council meetings all along. And I am merely encouraging the continuation and maybe the expansion of that. And today, uh, this morning, we are going to talk about doing exactly that. I'll explain that in a moment. And we're all, I'll also tell you who our guests are going to be, but not until we do our daily trolling of liberal Democrats who hate the United States and who hate this country's flag. Let us stand now and pledge our allegiance, if, unless you're driving, to the United States of America. Everyone stand up and say it with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice job, everyone! And a child shall lead them, indeed. That is extraordinarily important on this day, among all others. I like to kind of go back and forth between adult recitations of our pledge and children reciting our pledge because of the importance of educating, and if indeed need be, in excuse me, our children with national pride because they are being indoctrinated without our knowledge and consent in national hatred. All right. And that's going to be the theme of the entire first hour of the program today. Coming up in about a half an hour, we're going to talk with John Stover, president of Ohio Value Voters. And we are going to talk with Jonathan Broadbent, who is another local activist who was a featured player in a massive, extraordinarily important school board event in Beechwood on Monday. Um, yesterday I became aware of the meeting and the commentary, the public commentary that was made by several concerned citizens about what is being done to our children, and in specifically in this case, and to their children in Beechwood. Um, 
critical race theory, mandatory training, mandatory presentation is coming. Students are forced to attend. It is mandatory. However, I believe they said bonus points will be given to those who do. What does that mean about those who don't? Uh, nobody knows. They guess they lose points. I guess their grades suffer. You can probably be assured of that. But parents in Beechwood are calling for all, well, let me rephrase, a group of parents in Beechwood are calling for all parents, how does that, to keep their children home tomorrow on 3-11-21 or otherwise remove their children from the upcoming mandatory critical race training. Every study, including 1776 Unites, shows that critical race theory leads to more racism and division. Now, Ohio Value Voters put out a notification back on March 6th warning people, or in fact begging people, to come to that meeting, the Board of Education meeting on Monday, uh, two days ago, to voice their concern, and they did exactly that. Yesterday I heard or actually watched the video and listened to the audio, and I want to share some of that with you today because it is extraordinarily important. The race training that is coming to the Beechwood schools tomorrow that parents are encouraged to keep their kids home from, kind of stage a walkout, if you will, is called the color of trauma. And it is, as you can imagine, driven by white racism. Let me say that clearly. Driven by white racism, but not in the manner that you may think. Not white racism against people of color, but rather racism against white people this is an ongoing attempt this is what critical race theory does they say that it's in the name of equity in the name of equity people of color must be lifted up and people who are white must be hammered down and they must be put in their place and i'm not using uh hyperbolic language here just for the fun of and and for ratings on the radio i mean they believe this I mean practitioners of critical race theory, which is born in, uh, out of and uh, practiced in homage to Marxism, means that white people with their white privilege, with their white supremacy views, and their DNA-driven racism must be taken down in order for people of color to rise up. Rather than equality... They truly are going for equity, and equity, of course, is a very, very dangerous word. So this is what kids are are being forced into in Beechwood schools on Thursday, and that's why Beechwood parents, the ones who actually care, are, are urging other parents to keep their kids home because kids are going to be harmed by this. All kids, white kids and black kids and brown kids and female kids and male kids, by the way, those are the only two that there are. Um, they're going to be harmed by this. Make no mistake about it. So I'm going to share some of the audio with you in this first half hour, and then we're going to go live at 9.35 with John Stover and Jonathan Broadbent, uh, who are, uh, John is, again, the president of Ohio Value Voters, and Jonathan Broadbent was one of the speakers uh, at the public uh, commentary phase uh, yes, or, um, on Monday that did an amazing job at exposing the dangers of this. As a matter of fact, he threw a little bit of love Peter Kersenow's way. And I'm going to share that with you as well. But in fact, let me do this. And, and Actually, before I give you some of the audio, I want to explain what I meant at the beginning when I said I've been calling for people too. After the November 3rd election, 
uh, I, I, I did a couple of speaking engagements. Um, I did some in January as well. And, of course, I have this microphone every day. And I have said in response to the disappointment and the discouragement of um, so many conservative-minded people, Trump voters, uh, Republicans, etc., at the results of the election, both the presidential and the Georgia runoff election that gave the Senate to the Democrats, for all intents and purposes. People have said, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? Well, we certainly don't have the votes to control Washington, D.C., and that is discouraging. It is disappointing, and I understand it. What I encouraged people to do in my speeches and, and on these airwaves is to control what you can control. You can't control D.C. You can get in the ears of our elected representatives, both House and Senate. You can bombard their phone lines, bombard their email inboxes, do whatever it is that you can do to make your voice heard so that they tally the people in their districts or in their states and kind of see, you know, I mean, obviously liberals are going to liberal no matter what. Leftists are going to leftist no matter what. Uh, But, you know, you do want them to see, especially if there's an overwhelming majority of people one way or the other on a particular issue, you may give them pause before they cast their votes, right? So I do encourage you to do what you can with D.C., but knowing that we can't affect change there as readily and as easily and as thoroughly and as quickly as we can at the local level, my advice has been to simply make a pain of yourselves in all local meetings that you can. And I mean that quite literally. Be at every school board meeting I have advised. Again, not that I'm telling these folks anything they don't know. They have been doing this for a long time, Ohio Valley Voters and other organizations. But for those who haven't been active in that regard, what I have said is literally, be at every school board meeting every Monday. Then if that's not enough, be in a principal's office every other week. Demanding to see if you have to go to the principal's office, maybe you'll get a cooperative teacher who will say, sure. And you say, I want to see what lesson plans you're teaching my child this week. I would like to see, know, see what texts you are asking them to read, see what assignments you are giving them. They are public schools, taxpayer-funded, you-funded. You have every right to know what your child is being taught and how. So if your teachers will give you the information... Great. If not, be a fixture in that principal's office. If the principal blows you off, be a fixture in the superintendent's office, at a school board member's office. Do whatever you have to do to make sure. I've said the same thing about city council. Be a fixture at city council meetings. If we can't fix things via Washington personally, we can certainly do it uh, via our own local communities. And that's what this was a great example of. And before I play some of this audio, I just want to say salute to every single member of the community uh, in Beachwood and outside Beachwood who came into that meeting uh, on Monday and laid down the law. And by that, I mean explained to the board members there that we will not have it. The school board members, we will not have it. We will not allow our children to be divided. We will not allow our children to be perverted. We will not allow our children to be driven by color rather than content direct defiance of the the dream of Martin Luther King. Let me just give you a small taste of what they did on Monday. Trauma, racial tension raising presentation is beyond wrong. This is very, this is very, the very opposite, I think, 
this is the very opposite of Martin Luther King. This is treating people by the color of their skin. This is an attempt to create or raise racial problems. This racial tension creating or raising session seems to have only one purpose, to make students feel like there is something wrong with their, their skin color or something wrong with other students' skin color. Obviously, this is not radio quality audio. These people were in, a, in, a, in an auditorium or in a big room, and some of them were off mic, and so some of the audio might, may be distorted. But I'm asking you to power through it. Listen as closely as you can, because some of this stuff is very important. Did any of you take your black, politically conservative parents into account or consideration when you hatched this plan to bring in these two ladies to talk about color of trauma? I don't even know what that means. I'm at least of average ability. I don't know what color of trauma means. I'd like to know what makes the members or anyone else here think that they can legislate values and morality that start in the home, that come from the home and from parents. Did any of you ask the parents if they wanted this presentation for their children? The parents that came to me said they were never asked. They fear retribution if they should come to this forum. That's why I'm here, because they know I'm not afraid. And I don't have anything to lose, ladies and gentlemen. They fear retribution, and that's why they don't come forward. It's why they can't come forward. She is exactly right. Now, I've got a longer clip that I want to play for you after this timeout from a woman who's an African-American, just watching the video, who had an even stronger message. This one's a little longer. It's five minutes long, and I want you to hear every second of it. Who had an even stronger message for the school board members and the leadership at Beechwood that cannot be limited to Beechwood. Because in every single school that this stuff is pushed, promoted, this indoctrination is given in every school. It is dangerous for the children and for their parents. I want you to hear that clip coming up as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, it's 9.23. I want to share this with you in its entirety. And actually, this is only a clip of what was a longer speech uh, that this uh, wonderful woman gave to the Beechwood School Board on Monday night in opposition to critical race training as well as the rest of the perversion that is being forced into the curriculum in that school district and in many other public districts as well. Please listen. Again, the audio isn't the best, but the content is worth struggling to hear it. Please do. Many school districts in Ohio are now hiding their curriculum from its because they're teaching students to become bigots toward their peers, adults, and law enforcement. Many school districts within, the, within this congressional district are on board with advocating funding and teaching young students the how-to about changing their gender, child pornography, and pedophilia and where to find those websites, what sex toys to purchase, and how to use that which is purchased. Parents are not being told that their child is being taught that at the school, and the teachers and librarians are being exempted from criminal prosecution. Regarding the educational equity piece, it appears that the superintendent and you and school board members grew up 
uh, so white that you don't even know the damage that your decisions have caused previous, current, and future generations of Beachwood students whose parents just wanted them to qualify to attend great universities. Instead, you convince yourselves that blacks are oppressed and that it is your job to stop the oppression. How have, not, have you now looked at the results to realize what you did was immoral and had the opposite effect? Within Beachwood schools, black kids are turning against white people of all ages, and white kids are hating their parents and their success and their heritage and calling them racist only because you don't understand the black race. You attempted to fix something that, for all intents and purposes, years ago, was in reality not even broken. You just convinced yourself that it was broken. It was never your job. You got out of your lane. Your job was to provide students with the environment to be well-rounded and educationally successful. Now, the residents with kids who did find out about your deviant curriculum, they pulled their kids out as fast as they could. More are, many more are withdrawing their kids because the school system has lost control of the classroom environment. In the document, in the document for critical race theory, your stated goal is to make children advocates, I mean activists, in their own home. What does that mean? Why are you creating an adversary, uh, trying to create an adversarial relationship, relationship between parents and child when that is the relationship that needs to be strengthened? This school-parent relationship and you intrinsically, intrinsically just advocating the kids to just be adversarial to their parents is nuts. This is nuts. And one of the things, let me tell you something. I'm a professional as well. I grew up in corporate America. I've met people like you all every day. Y'all don't know nothing about black people, but you yet and still you think you can make rules for black people. If black kids in Beachwood schools, when they were growing up all these decades until you all came along, they didn't look at race or gender. They're very successful black people. Very successful. But what did you do? You just decided, instead of looking at Beachwood data, you decided to put us locked in with George Floyd and everybody else that got killed. Then they had nothing to do with Beachwood. Nothing. So what do you do? You put in stuff like critical race theory and all this other garbage that, first of all, is none of your business. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just in the, the fairness, I, I stopped you at three minutes and you've been, you've been, let you go a little bit longer than long before. Let her finish. Let her finish. This is, come on now. How many black folks do you have in the country? You don't have any black folks. You don't have any black folks. You don't have any black folks. You don't have you have black kids that are now racist against their peers. We never saw that. You all went down a road because of what you see nationally that had nothing to do with Beachwood. Now you're teaching, and now you got school systems in this congressional district telling them how to have anal sex, and this is what your self-sex education. Oh, every oh, 
they're teaching the, the gender uniform. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. The gender uniform is in Shaker. And, it's in all again, the cities. Again, this isn't a this isn't a back and forth. But I take I take extreme exception to almost everything that you said because because your your premise is wrong. This this administration and this board is is committed to to equity for every student in this district. That was a grand slam. I, I didn't catch her name at the beginning of her commentary, this African-American woman in Beechwood. I didn't catch her name because she said it very lowly, and it was kind of off mic, even more so than the rest of the speech, which, again, I know that was a struggle for the audio portion, a lot of distortion there. But she hit a grand slam in every measurable way about the perversion, about the racism, about the fostering of racism, about the creation of oppression for kids who have never felt oppressed in their lives until they were told by a bunch of white liberals on the Beechwood School Board that they are oppressed and that they need to hate their oppressors. And, oh, by the way, white kids, you got to be anti-racist by being activists in your own home. In other words, as this wonderful speaker just said, you have to become adversarial with your parents. Why? Who does that? You know the answer to that? Marxists do that. Because the destruction, or at the very least the disruption, of the Western nuclear family is a principle of Marxism. And making their kids hate their parents and not listen to their parents gives them even under more control to the teachers and the villages shall raise the kids. That was just one of the speakers. She was powerful. She was great, and I wanted you to hear it. We're going to talk live with um, uh, uh, with a couple of people. We're going to talk to John Stover, the president of the Ohio Value Voters Organization that sent this video out, and then one of the speakers within it was Jonathan Broadbent. He will be with us as well next on 1420 The Answer. of Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 936, we continue. The mandatory color of trauma virtual presentation for all students. March 11th, all students will be participating in a mandatory virtual assembly. The color of trauma. Kill that music, please. Presented by Shardy, Shardy Hollins and Brittany Works. Throughout the course of this incredible assembly, students will further learn and develop the vocabulary for discussing race, skin color, beauty, and history. Our expert presenters will define equality and equity. Now, you might think that this is some sort of an extra opportunity that is given to students in Beechwood schools. It's not. Quote, this is a mandatory assembly and attendance will be taken. Also, all students in attendance will receive a significant amount of bonus points that will be applied to each English class that they're enrolled in. Curious as to why that is. So if a student is enrolled in two English classes this semester, then they would receive the significant amount of bonus points within both classes. So this was the reason for the um, tremendous public turnout uh, during public comment sec- uh, uh, segments uh, of the school board meeting in Beachwood this past Monday. And joining me now is a man who alerted his organization, helped alert a lot of people to this uh, through their newsletter and their email uh, uh, letters. 
with the Ohio Value Voters, president of that organization, John Stover. John, good to have you back on the air. How are you, sir? Very good, Bob. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for doing what you've done. One of those who answered the call on Monday and showed up at the uh, Beachwood School Board meeting to be heard and to join some of the others in explaining the very dangerous prospect of this uh, this training is Jonathan Broadbent. Jonathan, it's good to have you. How are you? Uh, pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for having me this morning, Bob. Certainly a pleasure to have you here. All right, um, John Stover, I want to start with you. You guys sent out back on, I think it was Saturday maybe, uh, an email to your to your uh, uh, subscribers, if you will, followers at the uh, at your uh, Ohio, Ohio Value Voters uh, uh, email chain, and you told them what this presentation was going to be, and you encouraged them to go there. I just kind of gave it a thumbnail sketch. I thought the woman that I played the audio clip for, for before you guys came on really did a nice job of explaining the dangers of this as well. But put it in your words, Jonathan, or John, rather, John Stover. Put it in your words or in the words of the organization, Ohio Value Voters. How dangerous is this kind of training and this kind of indoctrination? Well, you know, it's uh, nothing short of indoctrination, Bob. There's uh, no argument uh, regarding that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And how our organization came about this information, it was, um, you know, uh, people like uh, John, Jonathan, who brought this to our attention, and we were able to uh, certainly get this out on our uh, website. Uh, for your listeners, if they go to ohiovaluevoters.org, and on our uh, page there, they'll see recent Ohio Value Voters News, they can watch the entire video. It's right there at the very top, right underneath recent Ohio value voter news. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, where, where this started at, in my opinion, uh, it started last year with the State Board of Education. Uh, they passed July 14th in 2020, a resolution to condemn racism and to advance equity. And uh, some of the things that they uh, uh, were resolved to have in this resolution, Bob, specifically uh, they're looking at uh, driving out white privilege, uh, further resolved that the State Board of Education should require training for all state employees and contractors to deal with their implicit biases and unconsciousness racial bias. And uh, they also make reference of uh, ensuring that America's white supremacy are uh, addressed properly. So this is where this is coming from. They're urging, basically, the state board has uh, urged, and not all members, there's 19 members that serve. We have the second largest number of members in the nation that serve on a uh, state school board. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have roughly five members who uh, certainly voted against this resolution, but the majority voted for it. And, you know, uh, Bob, i just give you a, a, my own personal situation here. You know, I grew up on the west side of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And near West Side, attended Lincoln West High School, and um, you know during the um, all of the '60s and then early '70s, you know we had um, uh, students that were of color, black, brown, white, and you know we treated each other equally with respect. You know the Golden Rule: treat others as you would want them to treat you. Sure, that's basically what we ended up doing, and uh, we had no problem. With, there was never an issue that came up regarding racism. You know, this is something that is part of the critical race theory that, uh, once again, if uh, listeners go to our website, they can pull up an article in that same um, bit of information by James Lindsay, and he gives um, the uh, the problems with the uh, critical race theory and what's taking place here. And when you start looking at two words, primarily equity and equality, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know what those two words are. They, they interchange them. Um, equality would be the equivalent of the Civil Rights Act of 64 that was passed that provided equality. And when you start looking at equity, equity would be something similar to the affirmative action plan that uh, you know has followed to bring equity and bring that into place. You know, this is uh, troubling. Let me, let me jump comes- in here, John, if I may, because I want to bring Jonathan into the conversation. Yes. And Jonathan, uh, first of all, I didn't realize you took this to John Stover and Ohio Value Voters, so thank you for letting me know that, John Stover. Um, I thought it was the other way around that this, you know, uh, was, was put out there by Ohio Value Voters and Jonathan Broadbent answered the call along with others to show up in Lakewood or in uh, Beachwood. Uh, but Jonathan, yes. what, to what John just said, um, the the two words that jump out of this critical race theory training that is going on at the state level, obviously, as he just pointed out at the state board meeting, and certainly at at public schools like Beechwood, um, they say they're going to define that. You know, John just defined them, I thought, very accurately, but Beechwood says they need that these mandatory, I'm sorry, these uh, color of trauma virtual presenters, that they're going to be the ones who define what equality and equity is. Do you expect that it will be the same definition we just got from John Stover? Boy, I wish I knew. Part of the problem and part of the issue that I tried to bring to the attention of the school board is I believe it's incumbent upon the school board to communicate these types of extracurricular activities to the community and give parents an opportunity to review it. That never happened. So part of the comments that I made when I went to the school board meeting on Monday was, hey, wait a minute, hold on, time out. One of the things that I believe is important for our community is discussion. If there's an issue, what's the issue? How do we define it? What are the metrics? How do we fix it? And what are the, what are the possible solutions? And so I tried to actually make several points. I hope, I hopefully I did well in Monday's school board meeting. One is we as a community, we're really grappling for better, better leadership, better guidance from the school district on what they're attempting to do. It's all of a sudden we have these two speakers. We're left to our own to go out there and try and find them and find background. We're searching LinkedIn and Facebook and everything. Who the heck are these people? What do they mean? What do they represent? This is a, a problematic issue. Everyone, almost 99% of people, recognize race as an issue and want to solve it. But I, do, I believe that the way the school board has gone about it is backward and problem-starting, not problem-solving. They have grabbed people who are, in the estimation of a lot of us, very controversial, uh, very um, you know, highly inflammatory conversation, and at the same time, simultaneously, they have blocked access from any counter viewpoint i brought up specifically in the meeting that sure yeah there are people out there who are advocating for critical race theory and maybe we all want to get together as a community and assess it and its potential value to the community but why are we not allowed to even mention the 1776 unites project and i mentioned some specific resources and very very uh, highly regarded and influential members of the um, black uh, business leaders, black intelligentsia, legal law, um, you name it, they will not allow any of those conversations. And as a side point connected to that, it came to my attention that uh, just this past month, uh, a book on Dr. Ben Carson was not allowed in Beechwood schools because it doesn't fully represent blacks. 
that's the quote. Um, so we... We, was that the only feel, quote, Jonathan, if I may? Was that the only quote? Was there any uh, explanation as to how but Dr. Ben Carson is somehow less than fully black? That's I've had all kinds of people in the community expressing opinions about what they think is happening at the Beachwood School Board, but the answer is no. That's all the, these, these mandates seem to come from on high. And just for a, a brief moment of perspective, Two years ago, there was a huge strife in Beachwood. Beachwood agreed to hire in an outside consulting group to help them better communicate with the community, whatever the heck that's supposed to mean. Um, I don't think that it's working well. I think that they are continuing to do what they've always done, which is to make these decisions, which may or may not be in the best interest of students, teachers, faculty, staff, and the community, and just suddenly things show up. For me, as just a member of the community, I didn't plan to be here where mm-hmm. I am in this conversation, but I saw this memo. It was brought to my attention because people know that I'm just uh, boisterous enough to be vocal about it and that I would pick up the mantle and run with it. And I sent out a, a teaser to the community. Hey, what, what's everyone think of this? It doesn't pass the smell test. Bob, since then, I have gotten a, just a deluge of text messages, emails, phone calls. I've got teachers, staff, faculty, parents, people who've moved out of Beechwood, um, a lot of them expressing the same frustration and anxiety about the, the trajectory of Beechwood schools. That's what prompted me to go in. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you did to go in there and speak for a lot of people who can't go in and speak for themselves, or if they could, maybe not as eloquently or as articulately as you certainly did, uh, Jonathan. And by the way, to your point of they hired an outside firm or whatever to teach them, what was it to teach the, the, the community how to, uh, uh, to communicate better with one another? Is that what it was? No, it was actually to teach the school board to better communicate oh, with the citizenry. Okay, yeah, well, that's what I meant when I say with one another, with school board needed yep. to be able to communicate better with the citizens. And here's how well they did at it. The woman that I played the uh, five-minute audio clip of before you guys came on, um, uh, she was. the conversation was ended with, this isn't a back and forth, but everything you just said is wrong. Now go sit down and shut up. I don't think it's working. I, I don't think it's working. This let's hear. Here's how we communicate better with our community. When the answer to this woman's very clearly articulated points was, I disagree with everything you just said. Now you can be quiet. Go away. And that's exactly. And that's before you came back up. Uh, so that's that. That lets you know how well that's working. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick time out here because I have to. And on the other side of it. I want to talk about tomorrow's training and what Ohio Values Voter Value Voters is advocating for in order to um, stop these kids from being indoctrinated in such a way. Uh, and we'll talk about that with John Stover and Jonathan Broadbent right after this. Okay, it's 9.53 now. Uh, I want to continue our conversation with John Stover, the president of Ohio Value Voters, and Jonathan Broadbent. Jonathan, I apologize for not having a more formal title to give you. Your bio says you're a CEO, founder, president, co-founder, leader, speaker, innovator, partner, and entrepreneur. Does that cover it? (laughs) Most of it. Uh, Dad, (laughs) family member, uh, community person. I I tend to do lots of different stuff. I understand. Um, I understand. Hey, hey, Bob, if, if I can, um, I'll tell you what, in another context, in another environment, um, I would actually be thir- thrilled at a professional introduction. I, on your show, it might 
catapult my career. Who knows? But this is not this is not about me. I no, I, I, I feel I, really compelled to be the voice of the community of people that are afraid to speak up for themselves. If I'm sorry, Bob, but if you will humor me for one second, um, there's a quote from a, a Beechwood teacher. It's a brief one that I'd love to read on the air. Um, this teacher says, we all want to just teach. We care about all of our students and differentiate instruction according to their needs. We have high expectations for all of our students. Instead, we're being told our instruction is influenced by white supremacy, quote-unquote. The result, according to other teachers who have communicated with me, is now they're experiencing backlash from the students. Students, black, white, brown, are all starting to feel compelled to argue against the teacher, uh, and there seems to be no no activity on the part of administrators to step in and say, no, 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 we need discipline, this is wrong, speak respectfully to your, um, to your teachers. Um, and the catchphrase, apparently, that's caught hold in Beechwood is, you're disrespecting me. It's like a get-out-of-jail-free. If students feel like they, are, they don't want to do something, all they have to do now is this magic card, apparently, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating the heck out of teachers and their mission of simply educating students. Well, uh, the sad part about that is, is, as we've discussed to some extent, um, this is certainly not limited to Beechwood. Uh, I guarantee you there are public school teachers all over greater Cleveland, all over the country, who feel the exact same way. They just want to teach. They do not want to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, having the students turn on them, the students feeling disrespected, offended, and everything else because they're being forced to teach this kind of stuff and to treat students this kind of way. John uh, Stover, mm-hmm. I want to go back to you now to talk about what uh, you and um, Ohio Value Voters are recommending that parents do tomorrow instead of sending their kids to this or online to this virtual uh, mandatory training on the color of trauma. What are you, what are you recommending that the uh, and what are the other parents who are concerned about this in Beechwood recommending that all parents do? Well, you know, Bob, uh, this is something that's uh, taking place with um, a good majority of the 600-plus uh, school districts throughout the state of Ohio. Uh, just recently, I watched a video of the superintendent of Hilliard Schools basically state that, uh, you know, we are not indoctrinating the children with this type of material. What we're doing is we're enlightening them. And we're looking at a different perspective of things. That's what it, that, that was a quote. We are enlightening them with uh, this instruction. So, uh, but when it comes to uh, people like Jonathan, we have uh, throughout the entire state, we have whistleblowers that are providing us this information. And then we post this on our website to make as many people aware of this as possible so that they can attend these meetings. Parents can get involved. You know, well, that's one of the things that they always talk about regarding our schools, local control. Well, you know, when it comes to local control, parents have a right to know what their children are being taught, and they have a right to determine whether they want their child in that class of instruction or they don't want them in. And this thing about uh, discriminating against uh, students because they decide, parents decide, look, I don't want my child involved with this, so that means they're not going to get the extra credit whatever that means, um, is, uh, you know, uh, certainly problematic. 
So, you know, we... Uh, we so think about how crazy uh, that is. They declared this to be mandatory. All students must attend. And by the way, if you attend, you get a whole bunch of bonus points. And I believe the word significant right. was in quotation marks. A significant yeah. amount of bonus points in all of your English classes. So it's mandatory. But just in case parents think about not making their kids go to this, think about their grade. They'll get a better grade because of this. It's just, In other words, they're bribing the parents to put their kids in front of that screen. That's exactly right. So what, what we uh, are, are proposing that uh, parents do is that if, in fact, they uh, choose not to have their child involved, then that, that's exactly what they need to do. But if they are going to have their child involved, they need to make sure that they know specifically what it is that they're being taught. You know, one of the things, Bob, that I would also point out very quickly here is that Ohio Revised Code 3313. Prescribed curriculum. It goes into specifics as the rights of parents when it comes to instruction and the fact that they have an opportunity to review this material. And parents should have the right and opportunity to review this material before their child is indoctrinated with this uh, instruction. Well, I um, I make an argument um, in in various forums that. I think it's a parent's right, uh, a tax-paying parent's right at their taxpayer-funded public schools to be uh, to be able to review all curriculum, not just special training like this, but if you want to see right. what is being taught in your history, kids' history class, your kids' English class, et cetera, what literature are they reading, et cetera, you ought, I think you have a right to do that. And if the teacher won't give it to you, I, I've been advising people to go right up the chain to the principal, to board members, to the superintendent, et cetera. They can't keep that stuff from you. It's your kid they're teaching, right? Bob, you're absolutely right, and you'll find that in 3313.60. Um, that's the Ohio Revised Code that gives parents the right to do just what you stated, to review all material. That they, they all, yeah, they all need to do that. It's not just about stepping up uh, when there's a big presentation like this, this mandatory color of trauma training, but seriously, you need to see exactly what your kids are being uh, uh, taught uh, every step of the way. Jonathan Broadbent, I'll give you the final word here. Uh, take 60 seconds to wrap your thoughts on this for today. Uh, thanks for giving us voice. The one other piece I wanted to interject is a significant change that's being made to policy in Beechwood schools that I find highly problematic. I suggest watching for it in other school districts in Ohio, and that is removing the requirement that any teacher who is expressing opinion to a student has to expressly tell the student that this is opinion. They're, they're venturing away from fact and into their own personal opinion. And connected with that is that the old requirement that teacher cannot express opinion for the purpose of, of manipulating position of the child on any any controversial issue that used to be that's that's like you know gold that's the the bedrock of education and it's being taken away in beechwood and i'm i'm waiting for beechwood schools to give an answer as to why they would possibly want to remove that um, safety block uh from from teachers it's a very good question, and it's one that should be answered. Uh, Jonathan Broadbent, John Stover, thank you both for uh, shining a light on what's going on in Beechwood, because, again, this is not just to pick on the Beechwood board. They are just the most visible ones right now. I guarantee this is going on in public school uh, public school boards and in uh, administrations all over Ohio and, quite frankly, all over the country. So thank you both very much for making us aware of that. 
All right, that's uh, thank you. Thanks John, for having us. Thank you, guys. John Stover, Jonathan Broadbent, appreciate that. It's ten oh one. We'll go to the news now. We'll come back. I've got a conversation with Andy Puzder next. If you want to weigh in on the subject we've been discussing for the last hour, please call us at ten thirty five in our uh, final half hour of the program this morning. News now. Andy Puzder next. AM fourteen twenty. The answer.